Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Chopsticks Restaurant in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The decision to go into business for yourself is a big one. On one hand, you can do exactly what you want at any hour of the day without having to ask for anyone's permission. On the other hand, you're not getting paid. My two lunch guests today made the decision to go into business for themselves for two very different reasons and in two very different centuries. Back in the 20th century, in 1983, Michael LeBlanc was the victim of massive layoffs in the oil field. Because there were no jobs to apply for, Michael went into business for himself, doing something he hadn't trained for and that he didn't know a great deal about, cleaning homes and offices. 35 plus years later, Michael's cleaning company, White Glove Interior Care, is keeping hospitals, offices and homes clean throughout Acadiana and in Baton Rouge. Michael, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. In the 21st century, in 2017, Brennan Kelly graduated from Life University in Atlanta with a doctoral degree in chiropractic medicine. Brennan immediately moved back to his native Lafayette and opened his own medical practice, Rise Chiropractic. Brennan, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me, Aileen. I appreciate it. Michael, everyone else's job looks pretty easy when you don't know anything about it. I imagine when you started out, you thought, how hard can it be to push a vacuum and wipe down a few desktops? I'm sure you quickly found out for yourself the piece of wisdom that entrepreneurial educators are fond of imparting. You have to work on your business and not just in your business. Can you take us back to the 1980s? What was your learning experience like jumping in and educating yourself in running a business? Ooh, okay, well, going back to the 80s, <laughs> very interesting. Going, going back is very interesting and uh, it was definitely a learning curve going from the oil field to the cleaning and getting started in something that I knew nothing about. I mean, yes, I knew how to clean, but I didn't know nothing about business. And just getting back, going back, starting and uh, knocking on doors like uh, you would see the oil salesmen do, knocking on doors. And uh, nowadays we call it the secret weapon, but back then it was just donuts. So would you go to homes or offices? It was, uh, it was more of offices. Homes came in on the backside of it from... And you would literally just show up and say, do I'm, you need a cleaner? I'm knocking on doors and bringing donuts, boudin, crackling, chocolate. My, I mean, my client, ideal client, is 90% women. That's the, the gatekeeper that I'm having to deal so with. So you're really bribing them? Ethically. Ethically bribing them. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and that's, what, that's how I got started. Just, and, and I got the scenario from, from the, the way the oil salesmen did, did it. They brought donuts, they brought boudin, and so of course now I've incorporated bringing chocolate uh, candies and so why why is women your your target group why, why did you speak mostly to women at that point when it comes down to cleaning again 90% of the decision makers are women even when you're dealing with a CEO who assistant. could also be a woman yes and uh, I have to stick up for women. we yeah. we we found that the women were the decision makers 
Interesting. Brennan, you made a decision to go right from graduating from chiropractic school to running a medical practice. Because this is a show about business, I'm going to ask you about the steps you took to start up your business. But first, I want to take a step back and ask a question about yourself. It takes a certain amount of confidence and courage to go into business for yourself. But it must take a whole other level of self-assurance when the business is literally a matter of life or death. If Michael messes up a job badly, he might have to replace someone's desk. If I mess up, someone might write write me an angry email about what an idiot I am. If you mess up, the result can be a lot more serious. What drove you to take that enormous risk of starting your own medical practice right out of school? You know, it's funny, uh, this is a podcast about Acadiana, and I was born and raised here, and there was a sense of coming home that gave me a great, uh, a lot of peace, and I don't feel like I'm at it alone in any way, shape, or form. Uh, when you say life or death, for me, it's not because Coming home is all about being around family, and so I have a huge support system behind me in that my entire mother's side of the family is from here. So if anything were to ever happen, you know, there, there is a safety net there, and I, I wouldn't be out on the streets. But you so still must have been terrified one-on-one -on -one with your first oh, patient. totally. I mean, but one-on-one -on -one with my first patient occurred in school, so I got a lot of the jitters out while it didn't count. But most know. people still join a practice and work their way up and learn from others. Absolutely. You jumped straight in. Now Why? here's the thing, it, it was kind of in my, I guess my heart to start alone, but I knew realistically that I didn't have the, the nuts and bolts to get it done. So my intent all the way through school was to always get a job underneath uh, a more experienced, a more seasoned doc who practiced the, practices the way I would like and to gain experience that way so there wouldn't be so much pressure. So it's interesting you say that. Um, towards the end of school, I fell into uh, a group of friends um, and as well as a mentorship group that helped to give me all the tools that I needed to be able to open successfully and to do so without a uh, air quote starvation period. Um, I had a lot of the nuts and bolts that I needed and honestly that's a blessing from God himself because I didn't go seeking it, it sort of just uh, appeared in front of me and I, I took the chance and uh, it was definitely nerve-wracking but um, it seems like we were very well prepared it wasn't just a shot in the dark. And you practice a particular technique called the Gonsteed technique. That's correct. Can you tell us about it and why? Why did you choose one technique? Yeah so uh, I actually worked for a chiropractor here in Lafayette before uh, getting internship hours as a senior at UL um, before I decided to go to chiropractic school, making sure it was right and actually getting experience and hours under the profession I was going to be in. The more time I spent in the practice and, and seeing the techniques and seeing how people responded to it, getting better without drugs and surgery, the more I fell in love with it. And a piece of advice he gave me was, um, you know, when you go to chiropractic school, there's going to be a lot of different techniques that you can use. Every single technique is like a different tool that you can put in your toolbox. So learn as much as you can because different patients will require different techniques. So that's the mindset I approached school with. When I got to school, I started seeking out who I thought were the best doctors from personal experience and from what other people were saying. And the majority of the doctors that I found that were doing really, really good work in the chiropractic field were all doing this Gonstead thing. And so I, I had a spark uh, and I, I decided to start shadowing these folks and it was, there was such a high level of specificity and attention to detail that I wasn't seeing with some of the other techniques. And so me being a very left brain dominant analytical type of person, when I saw the doctors applying that level of attention and detail to, their, to each patient and then the results, 
that were far better from what I was seeing from other techniques, I had no choice but to just dive down that rabbit hole. And at any point in time, I can back up and start doing something else, but I'm so fascinated by this Gonstead work and what it can do for an individual. And patients know that, uh, you know, I'm going to toot my own horn for, for a second, but Please. even as a, a second year practitioner, I am nowhere where I would like to be. I, I mean, let's say I'm 25% as good as I would like to be, but because this system, this technique works so well, even a, a novice can do so much for a patient that people travel from different regions of the state to, to find us because we're the only ones that will show up on a, on a, on a referral map that says, hey, this guy does Gonstead. Um, Facebook and YouTube and the social media wave has been big for us as well because the lay people are becoming more educated about the technique and they want that after they see it. Michael, I imagine that, you know, all these years later in your business, you don't actually go into these offices and clean yourself. So a lot of your time is actually managing people. How many staff you have and do you have a system for managing them? Yes, I've got a staff of 14 that I manage and I work with them on, I manage them through our mission, which our mission is to, to be the premier cleaning consultants, improving living and working environments. So everything is managed by that. You don't come to work, how can we provide our mission to be the premier cleaning consultants? You're not being a team player, how can we be the premier cleaning consultants? And most of all, to go along with that is to improve living and working environments and so it has come to a point and of course being consultants we're not just the any cleaner we come in and we've got a target market that we work for doctors lawyers and uh, small universities educational facilities so are there people that just naturally love cleaning because so many people hate it are there people who just get such a satisfaction from it Yes, yes. I've, I've got my staff, my tenure on a part-time basis. Majority of my staff is on a part-time basis. Miss Yola has been with me, I think it's like 10 years. I've got another family that has been, I want to say, nine years. And I've got two that's been seven years. And I've got more. Uh, others they fall within the three to five year category. My staff is important and I use I call it it's an eagle card that I use to seek out staff. It's an eagle card when I see someone doing something well I'll give them an eagle card and it has uh, some messages on it and uh, with an email address should they want to come and be treated well with some great leadership and great culture because we provide, I'm building a culture of happiness and to improve living and working environments. Should people want to work in that environment and live and work by mission, we're the ones. I love this. Brennan, where do you fit in the healthcare? You, you talked about not using drugs and things earlier. Can my doctor refer me to you? Are you part of the healthcare system? Can I use insurance or are you an alternative thing? Yes, yeah, so uh, it's, it's not alternative at all. It's a very common place to seek out a chiropractor. In fact, um, we're, a, we're a family practice, and by the state of the law of Louisiana, I'm actually considered a primary care physician, So you can come to, which means you can come to see me without a referral from your so primary doctor. So I can come to you first? Off the road, yep. So we have walk-ins. We have most of the people who come into my office are people who I have 
gone out and either talked to personally or have somehow heard of us through word of mouth. It's not as many walk-ins or people just coming in off the streets, but yet you can absolutely come and see me from, from off the streets. I do get referrals from some other practitioners who know the work that I do, um, but being that we're new, we're still working on those things. Um, as far as insurance coverage is considered, most carriers will cover uh, some type of, of chiropractic care. It really depends on the benefits package that either your employer offers or that you pay for yourself. Um, personally, I am a, I'm an out-of-network provider and we run a 100% cash practice, which means that folks who come to see me pay out of pocket for that expense. Um, the way we're able to mitigate the costs is we use a, a legal discounting program that allows us to apply a discount to families who are on care plans, and that's how we have set up the, uh, the so business aspect. I understand you're injured, obviously you'll go to a chiropractor sometimes, but do people also come for preventative care? Is it something you should do to stay well rather than to treat injuries? That's a really good question. Um, that's my highest recommendation. That's what I do for myself. That's what my family does for themselves, and that's what I recommend to my practice members. So. Um, most people will come in off the street for things like neck pain, back pain, headaches, but believe it or not, uh, we, are, we don't treat those things in my office. Those things get better through this technique that we're working with, but by improving the nerve system in the body, which is what chiropractic is all about, improving the nervous system's ability to function, people get better from a whole host of things that it's really hard to predict. I have people who sleep better, who uh, don't get sick as often, their immune system can function at a higher capacity. I have people who digest better. I have kids coming off of ADHD medication, and that's a whole nother conversation about why maybe kids should or should not be on uh, an amphetamine. But uh, yeah, so people do see us for preventative services because uh, Acadiana is starting to accept that chiropractic is very commonplace and it's something that you should do as a, as a healthy lifestyle strategy. The same way you go to the gym regularly, the same way that you reduce stress through whatever or means that you do. clean your place on a regular basis you, before yeah, it gets filthy. Exactly. Let me ask you this, if you're driving down I-10 or somewhere, you see a lot of billboards now for chiropractors, you're laughing. Is that like an insurance scam? Is that because lots of oil-filled workers have problems? Why are there so many? Um, there, there is a, a way to make money in our business where if you have a really good uh, relationship with say a few attorneys and they send you a lot of business that's absolutely a way to be successful financially in the chiropractic field um, I have chosen that I, for me and for our brand the family practice where we have a focus on maternal and pediatric health that the billboards for the car accidents doesn't really go hand in hand with that yep Michael, what changes have you seen in the last 20, 35 years? We haven't had many people that have been running their business for 35 years. Lots of businesses have started up, you know, new. What advice would you give someone starting a business now? Well, don't do what I did, fake it till you make it, <laughs> okay, though. Uh, I mean, sometimes you've got to do that. Uh, the changes that I have seen is just, uh, one, the technology. There's more tools available now than there were. So what were. technology do you use in cleaning? Well, I mean, as far as uh, keeping my staff daily, we've, they check in via technology of, to what we have to do daily. So you have like an app you use where yes, they... Yes, I, 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 I use an app where they check in and they look at what has to be done today. At the end of the night, they check it off. Hey, and then I know tomorrow morning if, when we come and we do a walkthrough or 
should a client say, well, Michael, something wasn't done. Well, I go back to my team leader and say, hey, you check this off. This wasn't done. So basically more of an accountability because of growth. And I'm using that leverage to grow instead of just having to do walkthroughs and supervisors and things of that nature. I'm holding people accountable. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned from being from then up till now to accountability and using the technology. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Michael LeBlanc from White Glove Interior Care and Brennan Kelly from Rise Chiropractic. We'll be back after this very brief break. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with Michael LeBlanc, owner of White Glove Interior Care, and Brennan Kelly, owner and chiropractor at Rise Chiropractic. Michael and Brennan, this is the part of the show that we call The Interview. Both of you have businesses that rely on other people working for you. Hiring the right person for the right job is a tough task. With all the other technological advances in business, hiring still comes down to that 15 minutes in the interview. One of the recent trends in trying to make job interviews more successful for both parties consists of asking job applicants questions that test their ability to think through a problem. I have a list of 20 of these questions, and I'm going to ask you each to pick a number between 1 and 20, and let's just see what happens. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Number Brennan. Two. What? Number two. Oh, he was very quick <laughs> on that. If you woke up and you had 2,000 unread emails and can only answer 300 of them, how would you select which ones to answer? Gosh, I think I'd have to delegate that to somebody else on my team. Oh, what a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so is that your Great. answer to most things, I will delegate? No, I think there's definitely a level of priority that you have to have over certain tasks. Uh, uh, the same way uh, an emergency uh, first responder would go towards an accident scene and have to triage uh, and figure out what are the high priority items that I need to fo focus my precious time on now. Um, I'm sure, Michael, you could probably attest to this. In that first couple years of business when you're trying to make it, there are so many things that can distract you and grab your attention and put you off task or off purpose. I mean, every day I pull a little green card, index card out of my wallet and I read what my purpose is and why I'm doing what, what I'm doing. What does it say on the index card? I want to change the healthcare landscape in Acadiana. I want the people of, of Broussard and then eventually Acadiana to consider chiropractic as an integral part of the family wellness strategy. And so that, I mean, if people can start thinking that way, it almost make, doesn't make sense to not go to a chiropractor. But to, to finish answering your question, same thing. I, I have to triage all of these things that show up on any given day. Um, and equal my, of your patients, who's the most urgent and who can wait and when you have something come ab in? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so uh, the, one of my favorite books is uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And in one of the chapters, he has this quadrant system where he has quadrant one, two, three, and four, and I reference this a lot because it's had a profound impact on my ability to be, um, to have an impact uh, in my own life and in others' lives, but quadrant one are those urgent and important activities that are fires that you have to put out now, and the people who have a lot of that in their life are usually very overwhelmed, very stressed, and have other problems in their lives, and they also usually neglect quadrant two, whether they realize it or not. Quadrant two are tasks that are important, but not urgent. The more you can do these things, 
things, it's not urgent. It's hard to do things that are not urgent. These are preparatory tasks, things that will allow your days in the future to go much smoother. And if you can focus away from things like quadrant three and four, which are quadrant three, you have urgent things that are not important, like emails and phone calls and things that you can delegate. And quadrant four, which is like kicking back and having a drink and focusing on two and handling one as it comes, I would definitely put 2,000 unread emails in quadrant three and try to stay as far away from it as possible. I would give you the job. <laughs> Michael, pick a number between one and 20. Let's go with 14. 14. Oh, see, this is a nice one. If you could be a superhero, what would you want your superpowers to be? To let everyone know that, hey, you're important, and to know that you are important, you're a people too, and that I care. Not just, it's not just about me. It's about you as well. That's, I think he that would be a great question. So, Michael, I know that you've done a lot of training in your business, especially in the last few years. Can you tell us why you went from just running a business to learning so much about business? Well, I, the business is a vehicle to provide a life and to live and to do the things, to do other things and to help others and to make a difference. You know, it, it, it's as, uh, as my business coach would say, to live in freedom, life. Live in freedom every day. And by working on the business, and of course, as uh, Michael Gerber would say in the E-Myth, to work on your business and not in your business. Now, I still work in, in the business. I'm still hands-on and I do visit with my team because I don't never, with God's grace, I don't never want to be to a point like not knowing who my teams are, who my staff is. Because, I mean, there are a lot of companies that they don't know. Uh, matter of fact, just one of my former employees called me back. She worked for a firm, and she had never seen the owner in three years. And, I mean, God forbids, I never, ever want to be and never want to treat them like a number because they're important. And I want them to know coming from me that they are important and that I care. And it's that old saying, no one know how much you care until you care about them. And that's and why I'm, people work for him for 10 years. Yes. Plus. <laughs> and I know you have a similar philosophy. This isn't just about business. This isn't just about making money. This is about your life. It's about impact. I mean, is that not the most millennial thing to say right now? Like, I, w I don't just want to make money. I want to make a huge impact as well. Michael's <laughs> definitely not a millennial, and he thinks the same way. No, no, it's definitely not. The cleaning is not for everybody, though. Uh, it's an important task. I mean, uh, I forgot who it was. It's, you know, cleaning is next to godliness. And uh, I, I've had to share with some clients when you're getting to a business, you know, economy gets bad or you take a downturn or things of that nature, that the uh, first one they want to cut is cleaning. I shared with one client, I said, what reason you wouldn't get rid of the dead weight? I mean, she was shocked. I mean, who wants to come to a dirty office? Who wants to come to a nasty, not smelling so fresh office? It drains all of the energy out of everybody. So cleaning is important, and a lot of people undermine cleaning, where cleaning is important. I mean, like in your facilities. Your facility is not clean. You can best your bottom dollar. <laughs> Once they close that door, they're not coming back. Yeah, I wouldn't go back. So have you considered now you've got this business sense, and I'll ask this to both of you, is there another business you'd also start? Have you ever thought about starting another business? Yes, I'm in the process right now. I just uh, got the personality, uh, a DIS certified, which is a, a personal human behavior certification. 
And I want to use that and to take that into the schools and into businesses to teach. And let's explain a bit more what DISC is. It's a, a personality test where people learn more about themselves and their style of communicating. Is that their right? style of communication, though the, the program that I'm working with is not only just for yourself. It helps you to work with others. It comes through you and then it takes you to others as well to communicate, to understand yourself and your personality and to understand another person's personality. So that way you got you don't have communications breakdown so you can understand why a person is so dominant. That's their DNA. You understand why a person is just so calculated. Why a person is just a high eyes. I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you will fall into that category of a high eye as myself. I mean, we've got to communicate and we've got to have a little fun before we get started. So, Brennan, you've got a few years' experience. Have you, have you got your eye on another business you'd like to start one day? I've always had a, an interest, and I don't know much about either, uh, but I've always had an interest in craft beer and craft coffee, like really good coffee. And so I, I guess I would, if the opportunity presented itself to maybe be... Uh, Can we have a, like a coffee chiropractic place? Would that work together? You know what? I would love to see that kind of fusion. That's a great idea. I didn't even think about the that. Bank, the banks are doing coffee into the bank. Hey, yeah. We'll see how that works out. Start, then, I mean, you've got the facility started into the bank. Yeah, I mean, yeah. into your facility. I mean, and just use it as a refreshing supplement to to chiropractic sure i think these two will be talking more <laughs> maybe it's just me but i don't think so when you walk into a house or work and it's clean you feel better than you do when it's a mess don't you think so michael on one hand you might technically be cleaning offices and homes but you're also making people feel better and brennan you're spending every day literally making people feel better. In a business sense, you can't ask for much more than owning a successful business and making people feel better. Michael and Brennan, it's been a pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Well, it, it's sincere pleasure and uh, it's grateful and, I, and it's an honor to share with you as I always enjoy loving and being with you. And uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Brenna, yeah, nice to meet you. and the rest of your staff here. And uh, it's just an, it gives me great pleasure. It's an honor. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Michael LeBlanc, owner of White Glove Interior Care, and Brennan Kelly, owner and chiropractor at Rise Chiropractic. You can find out more about Michael's cleaning company and Brennan's chiropractic practice by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. Today's show was engineered by Blake Langanay. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our websites, itsacadiana.com and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. You can find all of our podcasts at itsacadiana.com. You can also keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You'll find those links on our website, itsacadiana.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live at Chopsticks Restaurant in Lafayette, where East meets Southwest. Authentic Chinese cuisine prepared with fresh local ingredients. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur, Nice Guy, is written by Mitchell Foreman and performed by Mitchell Foreman and Andre Michaud.
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali's Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.